Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. A couple of announcements. I meant to give these before we started singing, but... um... I wanted to remind you, we meet on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at this building, but not in this room. All right, we meet in this room over here. We wanted extra space, which I'm so glad we have. Very, very glad that we did that tonight. So uh, we meet on Sunday mornings at 10. We're not meeting on this Sunday because it's Christmas. We want y'all to be with your family, be with your family. But we are meeting on New Year's Day in this building as well at 10 o'clock. So uh, come hang out with us, and I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. And uh, and that'll also be a family-style service a lot like this, except we probably won't be doing the games and stuff, but yeah, it'll be yeah. kids are in here. We want to give our kids workers a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Uh, they deserve it. Can I get an amen from y'all amen. in the back? Woo! Come on. And then on the 8th, you don't want to miss. All right. So we're kind of hitting the ground running in January. Uh, on January 8th is our vision Sunday. Where are we going this next year? What words have God put on our hearts? Where, what's Oasis going to be up to? Uh, you're going to find that out on January 8th. And then, uh, Probably more exciting than that is January 8th, we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do every year as a church. And that is one of the most powerful seasons at our church. Uh, people have prayed for pregnancies to there's happen. A, there's a family not here because last prayer and fasting, uh, the prayer that they had prayed for months and months, almost a year, God answered it and they are home with their newborn baby. They are. It's super awesome. And there's been, I'm telling you, miracles happen during that. Breakthrough happens during that. Uh, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Uh, it was amazing. There's another church in our in our, uh, in our our region named Long Hollow. Y'all have heard of Long Hollow. Uh, they had a time of prayer and fasting and went into revival that year. And uh, that was the first time they've ever done time of prayer and fasting. And look what God did. And it was amazing. And so we want to continue to see that happen in this region. And, uh, and so join us for that. And we we believe God's going to do something amazing there. Am I missing anything? Then on the 15th is our two-year birthday. Oh, we got I a birthday coming up. For That's two awesome. Two years, which is wild. So we're going to have fun. We're going to have a party after service. And uh, it's also when we are launching. We have small, small groups. groups launching that week. And we are launching a church-wide eight-week sermon series and small group things um, talking about seeds. So the whole church is going to be learning the same thing at the same time, which I'm very excited about. Um, and it really goes with um, kind of the word of the year that we've got. So we're talking about, you know, what do you want to see tomorrow that you can plant today? That's right. I'm so excited. So you're going to want to be a part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just really quick, if y'all, if people have not been here before, you don't know our story. Uh, We actually started this church during the pandemic. It was the craziest thing we've ever done. Um, And we were were talking with the team uh, before all of you guys showed up for church today and just thinking about this last year and what God's done this last year. Uh, Last year, this time, there was literally about 12, 15 people that were in like a part of the regularly regularly here. And then uh, it's grown this year uh, a lot and it's been amazing. So if you're new here, if this has been your first year with us, this journey has been crazy, and if you're if this is your first time here, join it. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a lot, a lot of fun. So anyway, that's a little bit about us, and I'm so excited you're here. But we want to continue week three. This is the final week. We've been doing a series called The Gift. Y'all say The Gift. Come on. Kids, I want y'all to say it. The Gift. I can't hear you. All right. One, two, three. Kids. 
Thank you very much. All right. Make sure you're still with me, okay? Uh, all right, I won't do that too many times, parents, I promise. But uh, we've been in this sermon series. We're going to wrap it up today. And uh, we only have about a 90-minute message, so y'all just chill. and y'all, It's going to be great. I'm joking. It's, it's really short tonight. But we're going to wrap up this series. We've been talking about the gifts that the wise men brought Jesus. And uh, we've all seen the nativity set. How many of y'all have a nativity set up in your house right now? Be proud, all right? Uh, in that nativity set, how many wise men are there? Three, right? There's always three wise men. We don't know how many wise men there were, but they brought gold, they brought frankincense, they brought myrrh. And we've talked about these things. The first week we talked about frankincense, and that was the oil that the priests used. Uh, and it was a very spiritual thing. It was very practical, very spiritual, but it, was de- it had deep meaning. And it was actually prophetic as to who Jesus would become. Jesus would become our high priest. And so that gift represented Jesus being our high priest. Last week we talked about myrrh. Come on, y'all say myrrh. So, yeah, it's when you realize you're in Tennessee. Yeah. Myrrh. Myrrh. All right. So we talked about myrrh. And that was used to embalm bodies. It was used as an antiseptic, like a pain reliever. And so I love having the kids. It is. I, I love this. It's, it's music to my ears. I love it. But uh, but myrrh was something that was used to embalm the dead. And so when, when the wise men gave myrrh uh, to Jesus, they were prophetically giving a gift. And that gift would rec- uh, represent Jesus being our suffering servant. See, you guys, you go through things. We go through things too, and they're hard. And we think, man, there's no way God can understand me. Well, yes, he can. He was the suffering servant. He's gone through everything that you've gone through and even more, to be honest with you. So we talked about that last week. But the best gift that the wise men brought was gold. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on, gold. Now, listen, if you're in, okay, here we go. I like having the kids in here. They're shouting me down. Um, gold, uh, listen, how many of you have had a baby shower or a wedding shower uh, before you had a baby or before you had a wedding? You want to have a shower in here? Okay, great. The gifts are awesome, okay? I love getting the diaper. I love getting the embroidered. I actually have a towel that I still use that Miss Pam. Yeah, we, so we call her Miss Pam because we've known Miss Pam since yeah. we were children. Yeah, yeah. And we have towels that she made us for our high school graduation. Still, still hanging out it. in our I bathroom. I still use it. It <laughs> smells weird, but I still got it. And I, it's, it is the best towel. I love it. Um, but well, I love getting the practical stuff. But nothing is better than cash money. Come on, somewhere Dave Ramsey is smiling, right? He's just, he's so, cash is king. Cash is king, right? And so, uh, and that was the case back then. Gold was a, obviously a very valuable gift. And it was something that like Mary and Joseph didn't, they probably didn't have a lot of money. And so when the wise men brought gold, they were like, can you believe that they brought gold? Let's go. You know, like they were super excited about it. But not only is this a practical gift or a viable gift, it's also a deeply spiritual gift because the gold, it represents royalty. It represents God, and God knew that Jesus would one day be a king like no other. And this gold represents Jesus's kingship, him being the king. In fact, Paul says this in Timothy, he says, at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God. And it says this about Christ. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And when Paul was writing this in the original language, the Bible wasn't written in English, it was written in Greek and Hebrew. In the original language, it was like Paul was saying this in all caps, bolded, italicized, and underlined with stars on each side of it. Like he could not have emphasized this anymore. And he was saying, hey, listen, Jesus, he's a king like no other. He's the name above all names. He's the king above all kings. 
That's right. And this might seem like kind of a weird Christmas message. Like we're not talking about baby Jesus or about the angels or the shepherds or anything like that. But it's because God had a really weird way of, of giving Jesus to us. Like when Jesus was born, everybody was waiting for a Messiah, for a king. Like it was foretold in the Old Testament. That's only scriptures they had because the New Testament wasn't written yet. But they knew the scriptures and they knew that God had promised them this king. And so they thought this guy is gonna come. He's gonna overthrow Rome. Like we are going to be free. We're going to have a king again. And that's what they were expecting. Because listen, in Isaiah, it says this. We talked about this last week if you were here. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord's Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So they're hearing this and they're like, there's gonna be a king. He is gonna overthrow what we have, like the oppression we've been under. This is gonna be awesome. And so when they were thinking of king, they were thinking like, he's going to be born in a palace. He's going to be born in luxury. He's going to be like this. They had this preconceived idea of what a king was. You better believe their king wasn't gonna be born in a cave next to a bunch of farm animals. Like that wasn't what their king would be. Like, and their king was absolutely not going to be the son of a carpenter from Nazareth. Like, in fact, one of the uh, disciples, Nathaniel, whenever Jesus said, come and follow me, he heard that he was from Nazareth. And he literally said, does anything good come from there? Like that was not going to be their king. And his whole life that Jesus was not the picture of what they thought a king would be. Their king wouldn't go to, to prostitutes. Their king wouldn't have dinner with uh uh, Nicodemus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like their, their king wouldn't do that. He was going to have like amazing people around him, not uneducated fishermen and tax collectors and zealots. Like those weren't going to be the person, people that his, their king was going to be around. And so that was what, that's, that's, it was so mind boggling to them that their king would actually look the way Jesus did. Yeah, and in fact, when you look back at the Christmas story, it happened over 2,000 years ago, and we see three distinct responses from different people in this story about Jesus being the king. And I want we're going to go through those three really quick, and then we're going to be done. Uh, the first group uh, can be represented by King Herod. And see, King Herod, uh, his response was very different, and uh, it might be a response that you have to Jesus, and that's okay if you have that response. I'm glad you're still here. But he was one that was adamantly opposed to Jesus being the king. He was the actual king, and he was the physical king that had a government, and what King Herod said happened. If, if, you, if he didn't like the way you looked at him, he could say, off with that dude's head, and we're going to move on. And that, they would do it. And so he was the king. He did everything. And he was adamantly opposed to Jesus being the king. He got word because the wise men thought, hey, the king's born. He's surely he's in the palace. He go to the palace, and the wise men kind of tip their hand a little bit to the king. And the king didn't like hearing that another king had been born, and so he actually ordered that all of the boys, two and under, to be murdered in in uh, his kingdom at that time. He was adamantly opposed to Jesus being king. And, you know, I think there might be people in here, there could be people in here, where you might be adamantly opposed to church, you might be adamantly opposed to Jesus, and, and it's something that you're working through, and it's something that uh, you're kind of working through. And I would say you would, you would kind of relate to King Herod a little bit. Like, he heard of this and go, he said, oh, not under my kingdom. 
And for some of us in here, that might be your response to Jesus. Like, no one can tell me what to do. Like, I, don't, I feel like Christianity is just a bunch of rules, and I don't like that. And, and you might be adamantly opposed to Jesus being king. And like I said, I'm glad you're here. I hope that tonight, tonight, that you can ha- maybe have a different perspective. But I want to tell you that uh, the Bible is not some sort of outdated book. It's actually God's way of showing us how much he loves us. And so uh, whether you know it or not, uh, you might be opposed to King Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we actually naturally want to go our own way. So we kind of all start this way. We naturally want to go our own way. We don't naturally want to follow God. It's how we're born. And it's exactly why Jesus came on Christmas. He came uh, to save us. He came to be the king of our life. So the first person that we can look at and see their response is King Herod. And he was actually opposed to Jesus being the king. That's right. And you might not be opposed to being Jesus being king, but maybe you are like the Jewish priests. So these Jewish priests grew up memorizing scripture, memorizing the, the, the prophecies of who their king was going to be. They, it's in wild to me, like they were literally quoting scripture from Malachi about their king coming from Bethlehem. And they lived five miles from Bethlehem and had no concept of Jesus actually being the king because they, they just didn't, um, they just dismissed him. They dismissed him as their king. And it, I think a lot of us are like that today. Like we might not say that we are opposed to Jesus, but we might just dismiss him as our king. Like, hey, why don't you come to church with me? It's going to be awesome. You can uh, experience Jesus there, have a community. Uh, you know, I have to go to work tomorrow. I stayed up really late last night. I'm just going to sleep in. Or like, hey, do you want to do this Bible study with me? It's going to be really awesome. This is how God speaks to us. And you go, mm, I don't think I have time for that. I've, I've got some other stuff that I've got going on. Or, hey, why don't you come and be a part of what God's doing? You can start serving. You can be a part of something really awesome. Uh, you know, I've got like a lot of stuff going on. I've actually got to go to my grandma's house because it's Christmas and she cooks this ham and it's really, really great. Like it's, it's not that you are adamantly opposed to Jesus, but you've dismissed him as king of your life. And I think that especially in the South, that that's something that we struggle with because we know, we know of Jesus and we confuse knowing about Jesus with knowing Jesus and him being the king of our life. And the Bible has something really strong to say about this. This is from the mouth of Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, these words are going to be in red because they're from Jesus. In Matthew 7, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them, Plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Yeah, and I think it's sad. I think a lot of us might fall into that camp. Like we're in close proximity. Like we're familiar with what Jesus is about, but he's not really our king. It's kind of dismissed. It's kind of put on the back burner. Well, the last group we're going to talk about uh, that had a different response to Jesus as king is the wise men. We've been talking about them for a few weeks, and they actually traveled a really, really long way to go see Jesus. They went down. They, they, they were very important. They had status. They had finances. They were likely very wealthy. They, they most likely had the king's ear. They would advise the king. Uh, they were very important people. And these people dropped everything, all the power, all the prestige, and they followed the star that led them to the true king. And so uh, they, they were people that actually followed the king. 
they bowed down to the king. They recognized a little two-year-old boy when they showed up at his house. Hey, that's the king. So I would ask you tonight, which person are you? Are you like King Herod? Who you kind of just, you're a little opposed to Jesus. You're adamantly opposed to Jesus. Are you, are you like the Jewish priest, right? Like you, you acknowledge Jesus is here. Uh, he does great things, but you kind of dismiss him. Or are you a person that's like a wise man? that gives their life, that gives their time, that gives their, their treasure, that goes on the journey with Jesus. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you're one of the first two, there's room for change in your life. Because I believe, and we believe, that the only way to have fulfillment in your life, the only way to be made whole in your life is through Jesus. And it's through making the decision to make him your king and let him rule in your heart, in your life. And I'm not promising you that when you do that, all your circumstances magically change, but I can tell you your hope can change. Man, your your life can begin to change. I believe your marriage can be better. I believe you can be a better leader, a better mom, a better dad, a better sibling, a better child. I, I think you can be a better person all around when Jesus is at the center of it and he is the king of your life. So here's what I ask you to do. We're almost done here. I wanna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And Joe, yeah, you can go ahead and come up. And maybe today you're here and you're ready to make the decision to make Jesus the king of your heart today. And maybe you fell into one of those first two camps and, and, uh, and you're like, hey, I, I wanna make that change today. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. And maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't really come to church a lot. I, I, I need to clean my life up a little bit. No, you don't. Yeah. Jesus, I, think about the way he was born. He came to meet us where we were. And he wants to meet you exactly where you are and let him do the cleaning up in your life. So if you're in here and you want to make that decision today, I'm going to just say a prayer really quickly up here. And, uh, and this prayer isn't magical, all right? It's not about the prayer. It's about your heart and turning your heart over to Jesus. And if you were being here today and you would say, hey, I want to make that decision today to follow Jesus. I want to ask him to be the king of my heart. On the count of three, I just want to ask you to raise your hand just so that we can see you. We can know who we're praying for today. And then you can put it down real quick. So if that's you, if you want to start a relationship tonight, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. You can lift it up. All right, you can put it down. If that's you, just repeat this prayer in your heart today. Say, dear God, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for dying on the cross and coming back to life. I know I've done wrong, but today I make you the king of my heart. And in the best way I know how, I will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand for the people that made that decision today. So glad that all of you are here. Uh, We're going to get started in a second with our candlelight time, and that's going to be the last thing we do tonight. Um, I am so honored that you'd spend your Wednesday night with us, and uh, you come and do this. I hope you get home and drip them faucets because it's going to be cold over the next few days, all right? So uh, I I hope that you guys stay safe. I wanted to mention one, two more things really quick. First one is this. We have a gift for all of you uh, on the way out. Uh, We started doing this, giving out ornaments every year at our Christmas services, so we have a little 
ornament right here. You don't have to come to our church to have the ornament. In fact, if you don't come to our church, take the ornament and pray for us every year when you see this yeah, thing. We yeah, really yeah. love that. It's, um, the, it's just the church on the front and then the back is the verse that God gave us for this last year yeah, that this, we, we clung to for we so did. long. And it says this. I love this. Maybe this will bless someone tonight. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So if you're in here, you're in a season where like, man, this is hard, don't give up. Because the principle of sowing and reaping, if you sow good seed, you will reap a harvest. And uh, that's what we believe for our church as well. So grab one of these on the way out, one of one per family, and uh, and that's our little gift for you. And also I want to mention on the way out, we got Brother Kevin in the back, back there, red shirt. If you want to be a part of uh, uh, partnering with us financially or bringing your tithe to church today, you can drop that in a bucket in the back and be a part. If you especially have any year-end giving uh, that you would like to do, we'd love for you to partner with us in the back as well with that. But I love, this is probably my favorite. I'm, I'm going to get a little emotional maybe at the end and I don't care. All right. I'm, I'm a, I can cry. I'm a man. All right. But um, I love this because it shows what can happen when we decide to be the light of Jesus. When we make Jesus the king of our hearts, we all of a sudden have a light turned on and God wants you to shine that light in the darkest areas of your life. And that might be around your coworkers. It might be around your family. And he wants to do that. So we're going to light this candle. Be careful, girl. Don't burn me. And we also have glow sticks for the little kids, all right? So if you didn't, if you want a glow stick, you can crack them right now. Come on. Y'all can do it. It's fine. And because uh, I don't want y'all to burn our church down. All right. Uh, but we're going to turn the lights off real quick. Byron, the light man. And we're going to start lighting these and... Uh, when your candle is lit or your glow stick is cracked, y'all stand up and let's sing together. <laughs> 